First Kings chapter 11. King Solomon loved many foreign women. <clears throat> King Solomon loved many foreign women. <clears throat> King Solomon loved many foreign women in addition to Pharaoh's daughter, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women from the nations that the Lord had told the Israelites about. The Israelites about, do not intermarry with them, and they must not intermarry with you, because they will turn you away from me to their gods. Solomon was deeply attached to these women and loved them. He had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines, and they turned his heart away from the Lord. When Solomon was old, his wives seduced him to follow other gods. He was not completely devoted to Yahweh, his God, as his father David had been. Solomon followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Milcom, the detestable idol of the Ammonites. Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight, and unlike his father David, he did not completely follow Yahweh. At that time, Solomon built a high place for Shemosh, the detestable idol of Moab, and for Milcom, the detestable idol of the Ammonites, on the hill across from Jerusalem. He did the same for all his foreign wives who were burning incense and offering sacrifices to their gods. The Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from Yahweh, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. He had commanded him about this so that he would not follow other gods. But Solomon did not do what the Lord had commanded. Then the Lord said to Solomon, Since you have done this and did not keep my covenant and my statutes, which I commanded you, I will tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. However, I will not do it during your lifetime because of your father, David. I will tear it out of your son's hand. Yet I will not tear the entire kingdom away from him. I will give one tribe to your son because of my servant David and because of Jerusalem that I chose. So the Lord raised up Hadad the Edomite as an enemy against Solomon. He was of the royal family in Edom earlier when David was in Edom. Joab, the commander of the army, had gone to bury the dead and had struck down every male in Edom. 
for Job and all Israel had remained there six months until he had killed every male in Edom. Hadad fled to Egypt along with some Edomites from his father's servants. At that time, Hadad was a small boy. Hadad and his men set out from Midian and went to Paran. They took men with them from Paran and went to Egypt. To Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who gave Hadad a house, ordered that he be given food and gave him land. Pharaoh liked Hadad so much that he gave him a wife, the sister of his own wife, Queen Tophenes. Tophenes' sister gave birth to Hadad's son, Ginubath. Tophenes herself weaned him in Pharaoh's palace, and Ginubath lived there along with Pharaoh's sons. When Hadad heard in Egypt that David rested with his fathers and that Job, the commander of the army, was dead, Hadad said to Pharaoh, Let me leave so I can, so I can go to my own country. But Pharaoh asked him, What do you lack here with me for you to want to go back to your own country? Nothing, he replied, but please let me leave. God raised up Rezon, son of Eliada, as an enemy against Solomon. Rezon had fled from his master, Hadadezer, king of Zobah, and gathered men to himself. He became captain of a raiding party when David killed the Zobahites. He went to Damascus, lived there, and became king in Damascus. Rezon was Israel's enemy throughout Solomon's reign, adding to the trouble Hadad had caused. He ruled over Aram, but he loathed Israel. Now Solomon's servant, Jeroboam, son of Nebat, was an Ephraimite from Zeradah. His widowed mother's name was Zeruah. Jeroboam rebelled against Solomon. And this is the reason he rebelled against the king. Solomon had built the supporting terraces and repaired the opening in the wall of the city of David. Now the man, Jeroboam, was capable. And Solomon noticed the young man because he was getting things done. So he appointed him over the entire labor force of the house of Joseph. During that time, the prophet Ahijah, the Shilonite, met Jeroboam on the road as Jeroboam came out of Jerusalem. Now Ahijah had wrapped himself with a new cloak, and the two of them were alone in the open field. Then Ahijah took hold of the new cloak he had on, tore it into twelve pieces, and said to Jeroboam, Take ten pieces for yourself, for this is what the Lord God of Israel says. I 
am about to tear the kingdom out of Solomon's hand. I will give you ten tribes, but one tribe will remain his because of my servant David and because of Jerusalem, the city I chose out of all the tribes of Israel, for they have abandoned me. They have bowed the the knee to Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Sidonians, to Shemosh, the god of Moab, and to Milcom, the god of the Ammonites. They have not walked in my ways to do what is right in my eyes and to carry out my statutes and my judgments as his father David did. However, I will not take the whole kingdom from his hand, but will let him be the ruler all the days of his life because of my servant David, whom I chose and who kept my commands and my statutes. I will take ten tribes of the kingdom from his son's hand and give them to you. I will give one tribe to his son, so that my servant David will always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city I chose for myself to put my name there. I will appoint you, and you will reign as king over all you want, and you will be king over Israel. After that, if you obey all I command you, walk in my ways and do what is right in my sight in order to keep my statutes and my commands as my servant David did. I will be with you. I will build you a lasting dynasty just as I built for David, and I will give you Israel. I will humble David's descendants because of their unfaithfulness, but not forever. Therefore, Solomon tried to kill Jeroboam, but he fled to Egypt, to Shishak, king of Egypt, where he remained until Solomon's death. The rest of the events of Solomon's reign, along with all his accomplishments and his wisdom, are written in the book of Solomon's events. The length of Solomon's reign in Jerusalem over all Israel totaled 40 years. Solomon rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of his father, David. His son, Rehoboam, became king in his place. Philippians chapter 2. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by thinking the same way, having the same love, sharing the same feelings, focusing on one goal, do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, But in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look 
out. Everyone should look out, not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So then, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you, enabling you both to desire and to work out his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure. Children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine like stars in the world. Hold firmly to the message of life then. I can boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing. But even if I am poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you in the same way. You should also be glad and rejoice with me. Now I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I also may be encouraged when I hear news about you. For I have no one else like-minded who will genuinely care about your interests. All seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ, but you know his proven character because he has served with me in the gospel ministry like a son with a father. Therefore, I hope to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. I am convinced in the Lord that I myself 
will also come quickly. But I considered it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, as well as your messenger and minister to my need, since he has been longing for all of you and was distressed because you heard that he was sick. Indeed, he was so sick that he nearly died. However, God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, so that I would not have one grief on top of another. For this reason, I am very eager to send him so that you may rejoice when you see him again, and I may be less anxious. Therefore, welcome him in the Lord with all joy, and hold men like him in honor, because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up what was lacking in your ministry to me. Ezekiel chapter 41. Next, he brought me into the great hall and measured the pilasters. On each side, the width of the pilaster was ten and a half feet. The width of the entrance was seventeen and a half feet. And the side walls of the entrance were eight and three-quarter feet wide on each side. He also measured the length of the great hall, 70 feet, and the width, 35 feet. He went inside the next room and measured the pilasters at the entrance. They were three and a half feet wide. The entrance was ten and a half feet wide. And the width of the entrance's side walls on each side was twelve and a quarter feet. He then measured the wall. He then measured the length of the room adjacent to the great hall, 35 feet, and the width, 35 feet. And he said to me, this is the most holy place. Then he measured the wall of the temple. It was 10 and a half feet thick, the width of the side rooms, all around the temple was seven feet. The side rooms were arranged one above another in three stories of 30 rooms each. There were ledges on the wall of the temple all around to serve as supports for the side rooms so that the supports would not be in the temple wall itself. The side rooms surrounding the temple widened at each successive story for the structure surrounding the temple went up by stages. This was the reason for the temple's broadness as it rose. And so one would go up from the lowest story to the highest by means of the middle one I saw that the temple had a raised platform 
surrounding it. This foundation for the side rooms was ten and a half feet high. The thickness of the outer wall of the side rooms was eight and three quarter feet. The free space between the side rooms of the temple and the outer chambers was 35 feet wide all around the temple. The side rooms opened into the free space. One entrance toward the north and another to the south. The area of free space was eight and a three quarter feet wide all around. Now the building that faced the temple yard toward the west was 122 and a half feet wide. The wall of the building was eight and three quarter feet thick on all sides. And the building's length was 157 and one half feet. Then the man measured the temple. It was 175 feet long. In addition, the temple yard and the building, including its walls, were 175 feet long. The width of the front of the temple, along with the temple yard to the east, was 175 feet. Next, he measured the length of the building facing the temple yard to the west, with its galleries on each side. It was 175 feet. The interior of the great hall and the porticos of the court, the thresholds, the beveled windows, and the balconies all around with their three levels opposite the threshold were overlaid with wood on all sides. They were paneled from the ground to the windows, but the windows were covered, reaching to the top of the entrance and as far as the inner temple on the outside. On every wall, all around, on the inside and outside, was a pattern carved with cherubim and palm trees. There was a palm tree between each pair of cherubim. Each cherub had two faces. A human face turned toward the palm tree on one side and a lion's face turned toward it on the other. They were carved throughout the temple on all sides. Cherubim and palm trees were carved from the ground to the top of the entrance and on the wall of the great hall. The doorposts of the great hall were square, and the front of the sanctuary had the same appearance. The altar was made of wood, five and a quarter feet high and three and a quarter feet long. 
It had corners, and its length and sides were of wood. The man told me, This is the table that stands before the Lord, the great hall and the sanctuary. Each had a double door, and each of the doors had two swinging panels. There were two panels for one door and two for the other. Cherubim and palm trees were carved on the doors of the great hall, like those carved on the walls. There was a wooden canopy outside in front of the portico. There were beveled there were beveled windows and palm trees on both sides on the side walls of the portico. The side rooms of the temple and the canopies. Psalm 92 and Psalm 93. It is good to praise Yahweh, to sing praise to your name, Most High, to declare your faithful love in the morning and your faithfulness at night with the ten-stringed harp and the music of a lyre. For you have made me rejoice. Lord, by what you have done, I will shout for joy because of the work of your hands. How magnificent are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. A stupid person does not know. A fool does not understand this. Though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be eternally destroyed. But you, Lord, are exalted forever. For indeed, Lord, your in- <clears throat> for indeed, Lord, your enemies, indeed, your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. You have lifted up my horn like that of a wild ox. I have been anointed with oil. My eyes look down on my enemies. My ears hear evildoers when they attack me. The righteous thrive like a palm tree and grow like a cedar tree in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They thrive in the courts of our God. They will still bear, bear fruit in old age. They will still bear fruit in old age, healthy and green, to declare the Lord is just. He is my, my, my rock. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. He is my rock. The Lord is just. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Psalm 93, <clears throat> the Lord reigns, he is robed 
in majesty. The Lord is robed, enveloped in strength. The world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. Your throne has been established. From the beginning, you are from eternity. The floods have lifted up. Lord, the floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their pounding waves. Greater than the roar of many waters. The mighty breakers of the sea. The Lord on high is majestic. Lord, your testimonies are completely reliable. Holiness is the beauty of your house for all the days to come.